So I'd like to invite you to either close your eyes or lower your eyes. I have a fresh lemon in my hand. I'm going to cut it into four pieces. I hand you a piece, and I strongly suggest you bite into it. Imagine what that feels like. You meet your infant grandchild or child for the first time. You kiss the child, and immediately you smell that indescribable, yet very glorious, distinctive, new baby smell. Imagine that. Your teenage child went out to a party. At midnight, you fell asleep. They were already 30 minutes late. The phone rings at 2 AM. What do you imagine? A friend hands you a gift card. It's very padded. They say, this is a gift for you. Thank you for being my friend. You open it, and there's $5,000 in cash. Imagine that. Think of the first memory of you being with your dad or your father figure. Maybe you're sitting in his lap or holding his hand. Imagine a time you hung out with your dad and you had a great time. You laughed. And as you got older, a time came when you asked for his guidance. For those of you who are dads, imagine the time that you first held your firstborn. Imagine the time you did something with your child, just the two of you. Imagine that. Happy Father's Day. When you're ready, you can come back to the room. So this morning, we're looking at the power of imagination. It's the power of conception, vision, and embodiment. And we do this by forming thoughts, mental pictures, and positive images. It's a primary power because it's essential for the cultivation of all the other spiritual capabilities. Now. You saw me light the Christ candle. And we light that because Christ is not a being here at Unity. Christ is a consciousness that we all have. And as we work on these 12 powers or 12 faculties, we allow ourselves to rise into that Christ consciousness. The power of imagination, the location is in the third eye. The color is sky blue. The apostle is Bartholomew, or uh, another name for him was Nathaniel. The feminine aspect was Mary, I'm sorry, Anna of Prophecies, who was the mother of Mary. And people consulted her about the future because she knew the relationship between cause and effect in consciousness, so she was able to foresee what was coming into manifestation. Charles Fillmore, co-founder of Unity, realized that Jesus has attained a certain soul development, and as he did, he called forth his 12 disciples. These disciples are the metaphysical interpretation of our 12 inherent spiritual faculties, which form the basis for our Christ consciousness. 
as we develop our, our personal consciousness to our spiritual consciousness, we begin to deliberately train, deepen our understanding, and use these powers more effectively. In other words, as we develop these faculties, we live consciously from the Christ within, our true being, our divine nature. So far, we've discussed faith and strength, wisdom and love, power, and now we have imagination. Albert Einstein said, imagination is everything. It is the preview of life's coming attractions. The true sign of, of intelligence is not knowledge, but imagination. The unmanifest is waiting to be given life by your and my imagination. It's the doorway to our dreams. It's the vehicle of creativity and the momentum of exploration. We are always in the presence of possibility that is brought to life courtesy of the power of imagination. Charles Fillmore's favorite synonym for God was divine mind, which is where the imagination lives. Divine mind is an infinite energetic field with limitless possibilities awaiting us to make them manifest here on earth. Charles Filmer also says, divine ideas are humankind's inheritance. They are pregnant with all possibility because ideas are the foundation and cause of all that humankind desires. As we invest time in meditation, we get clear from our heart what it is that's ours to imagine and create and have in our lives. And we use both our heart and our mind to manifest. And it's not just here at Unity, and it's not just Einstein, and it's not just Charles Fillmore. There are so many places where we get this message. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, what we can conceive and believe, we can achieve. There's the law of mind action. What we imagine or thoughts held in mind produce after their kind. Coaches teach athletes mental rehearsals. See the ball going into the hoop. See the ball going into the hole in golf. See yourself making that home run. See yourself winning the game. It's all imaging in their head, and that's how they get themselves, or one way that they get themselves to one of the tools that they use to get to that professional athletic level. We have lots of messages and lots of areas in our lives that are saying the same thing. What we think about, we bring about. What we imagine, what we can dream about, we can make manifest. The good and the beautiful, as well as the bad and the ugly. So be conscious of what you're imagining. In Divine Audacity by Linda Bartella Whitsett, there's it's a three-step process. There's three aspects to imagination. Conception, vision, and embodiment. Conception says everything is created twice. First in the mind, we conceive it in the mind. Any constructive idea we can conceive comes from the one mind, from the divine mind. We can imagine the best or the worst. Our conceiving power is unlimited. The amount of ideas are limitless, like fish in the sea, and grains of sand in the beach, and leaves in all the trees. They're limitless. And so are the ideas that we have. They just pop up all the time. It just depends on which ones we act upon, which ones we're called to 
The more we exercise our conceiving power, the more we allow ourselves to imagine. Desire leads to conception. Our need or desire for solutions or problems and creative expressions harnesses imagination. Some examples, interesting examples are, I never knew this until I did this research, but prior to the 19th century, there were not right and left shoes. All shoes were the same. And, and they caused so much pain that somebody decided to make custom shoes. So that's what created a right shoe and a left shoe. So it's, it's sometimes, unfortunately, it's the pain that makes us conceive of new ideas. Ben Franklin, he grew weary of putting on and taking off his two sets of glasses. So he created bifocals. Napoleon Hill said, all achievement, all earned riches, have their beginning in an idea. So, I mean, to think that we can have as many ideas as there are fish in the sea or grains of sand is really pretty powerful, I think. So the next aspect of imagination is visioning. Dream what is not yet manifest. To envision is to create in the mind first and most necessary step. We have the capacity to envision possibilities beyond our present knowledge. This is our leap from what is to what can be. What can be can be when we hold a vision or an idea in our mind, develop it, develop it by imagining it and fleshing it out into manifestation and feel the thrill of fulfillment while incubating the idea in your mind. Feel the benefit in advance of the fulfillment. Abraham Hicks says, if we concentrate our attention and feel what it will feel like to have that intention for 17 seconds, that 17 second experience is as much benefit as if we had labored full time for a year. Isn't that amazing? Like 17, just play in your imagination for 17 seconds a day on what it is that you want to manifest. Help yourself get to that vibration because when we're in that vibration, we are attracted to and other things that are in that same vibration. What can be, can be when I hold a potent idea while I feel now how I expect to feel when it's fulfilled. Thinking and feeling as one creative mind activity is simple, but yet very underutilized practice. Do this practice every day. Specifically describe what you are doing and feeling in your vision. Read it or write it out every day. It's why people have vision boards, so they could see them and feel what it's going to feel like to have those things in their lives, or they call them treasure maps. And that's another thing that coaches use in, in um, life coaches. The third part is embodiment. <clears throat> Imagination is perhaps the greatest tool for us to claim our divine identity. The, true, the future we envision demands that we be the person who can live that desired future. Are you living the desired future of what you want? Are you acting as if, living as if, pretending? It's so funny because this, this particular power is very, to me is very childlike. It's about being in that child's mind and being creative and curious and fun, have fun with it. We must embody the dream or be a living expression of the qualities required to become that reality. Who am I and how do I live when I am on purpose, 
conceiving of and envisioning fulfillment. I embody the character necessary for the ideal to become real. This is what Jesus did. He accepted his divine identity. He understood he was capable of spiritual power rather than limited to human expression. What was Jesus' life purpose? Perhaps to be the light to others, to open the eyes of those that were blinded by the material, or to free those who were prisoners of their limitations. Jesus said in John 14, 9, he who has seen me has seen the Father. He who has seen me has seen God. It's another way of saying that. He who has seen me has seen divine mind. He knew he was the image and likeness of God brought to manifestation. Aren't we? Aren't we the image and likeness of God brought to manifestation? Yeah. So who do you imagine? What is your purpose? I think we all have the same purpose. I think God gave us the gift of life, and our gift back to God is to be the best expression that we could be. Show up, be authentic, be the best expression of God that you can be. For me, that involves being authentic and helping others to be authentic. So many of you know, a few weeks ago, I was in my intensive. We had to, we had to go through a purification process. And as I went through this purification process, I processed a lot of things. I didn't shed a tear, and now I'm talking about it. <laughs> <First> tears. <laughs> anyway. So uh, the day of the purification process, we actually met as a group, and then we broke up, and we had to go into silence for about two hours. And what we were asked to do was to think about what was ours to do on this planet in this time. What was ours to do? Why were we in ministry? What was ours to do? We come back from that two hours, and they we go through this amazing meditation about love, and we're read a, po um, a quote by, I think it was Albert, oh, no, that wasn't the one. I can't remember, that's not important. The process was to go into the silence, and then when we came back, they asked us to have four pieces of paper. And on the first piece of paper, we had to write down a soul-crushing phrase that we tend to hear at times. And this phrase was linked back to somebody who said something to us many years ago. And they actually did this little visualization of going back to that place and seeing that person and what was it that they said. And so, you know, I'm writing and it's just flowing through me. And, and for me, it was something with my father, which was kind of surprising. I guess I did most of my work with my mother and it was really interesting. And so I wrote this letter and it wasn't only about what I was feeling, but also it was a letter of forgiveness and having gratitude for that opportunity to overcome and to heal. Write that letter. Next letter was, what is the soul-crushing phrase that I say to myself when something comes up? So you got to write this whole letter and how you feel about it and what the phrase is and then write a forgiveness letter to yourself. And then the third letter was, what is the soul-crushing phrase that you say to God or that you think God says to you? And then you have to process that and write a letter of forgiveness. 
And the final letter was a love letter to yourself. So we did, we went through all of that and it was an amazing process. What we did was we just took the three letters of forgiveness and we tore them and we were instructed to either hang on to them and tear them again in the future when we feel like those thoughts are coming back up or we could just burn it or whatever. And the love letter we are to keep on our altar. So that was done. I didn't, like I said, I didn't do a lot of crying, but a lot of things flowed through me, which felt really great. Well, that night, I had the most bizarre dreams, which isn't really unusual for me. But the difference was when I woke up Thursday morning, I felt so unburdened and I felt so tender. It was like I was reborn. It was very interesting. And then Thursday was the initiation, which was a little more emotional for me. Um, it was a really, very powerful day. But Thursday night was the talent show. And I was the MC for the talent show. I volunteered to be the MC for the talent show. And it was great. It was so much fun. There were 30 people who volunteered to uh, do it. And this other woman, Linda Dawn, and I organized it and everything. And it, even the layout was perfect. And it was so exciting. Everybody was awesome. And I just had so much fun. I was hooting and hollering. Afterwards, Gabe said to me, wow, that must have been a pretty amazing talent show. You were hooting and hollering there an awful lot. And what it was was not that everybody was so great, but everybody was doing their best and showing up. And it was so much fun. I had so much joy. And then at the end, everyone was complimenting me. And I, it was really hard for me to let that in. I was like rolling my eyes and saying, oh, that's no big deal, no big deal. The next day, I was getting emails. And what happened, though, for me was I realized if I want to be authentic and I want to help other people be authentic, I need to stop putting down those things that I do well. I need to value those. Even though it's easy for me, it doesn't mean it's less valuable. And it was a huge aha for me. It was a huge breakthrough. Like to, to um, it's, it's kind of weird even for me to say it right now. It's like, it's no big deal. I, wanna, I just want to say that again and again. It's no big deal. But it is a big deal because more than one person explained to me that not everybody could do that. Not everybody, one woman said to me, she was like, it was as if you thought every talent was the best one. I said, well, I did think that. <laughs> I really thought that. And she said, well, it came through. It was very authentic and it was very joy-filled. And I just kind of took it for granted. And somebody else said to me, you know, not everybody feels that kind of joy to see others succeed like that. So embrace it. So that was, that was like a huge thing for me to come away with. And my point in that with imagination is, okay, if I imagine myself to be out there teaching people, when we have dreams that are bigger than what, who we are today, there's work to be done, sorry to say. And that was my work. That was a little piece of my work that I did during that process. So I'm really grateful to have gotten through that and to be able to share that. So we are here to be the shining light of God. That's what we came here to be. That is our purpose. And to let go of those expressions, oh, that was no big deal, it's nothing. As we cultivate and activate our powers of conception, vision, and embodiment, we will live life audaciously. I love that word, audaciously. Let's live audaciously the way Jesus did. 
My invitation to you this month is to recognize, affirm, and know that you are a unique individual expression of God. And the same mind that was in Jesus is in you and I. Use your divine imagination to imagine, envision, dream, conceptualize what living your life as a powerful spiritual being that you are would look like instead of living your life in reaction to what you see or experience from your ego perspective. Imagine the peace, the joy, the love, the power, the faith, the radiant health, the abundance, and the zeal that will be brought to life and made radiantly visible to yourself and to everyone you come into contact with if your Christ consciousness was in charge of your life. What I like to remind everyone now is that it's always our choice. Every minute of every day, it's our choice on what we think about and what we imagine. So imagine, visualize, embody, act as if, daydream, nightdream, but always dream big. After all, you're an expression of God. Dream big. So the affirmations that I have to close with are, my imagination brings possibilities to life. I am in the flow of images and thoughts that expand my life. I am willing to stretch and imagine new possibilities. I daydream my life into reality. Thank you. I am your sister companion in prayer, possibility, and prosperity. I appreciate you, I love you, and until we meet again, remember that you are blessed and a blessing.